one thing that you had asked was like, what prompted me to start the podcast and why I wanted you as a guest. So like the, this thing is just an extension of what I have been doing, I guess, like all my life in that whenever people hang out with me in some capacity that involves just like sitting down and talking, it involves sitting down and talking for an extended period of time about really deep shit. And so in 2016, I decided to like, I was going to school for music production. And so I already had like the music or the audio recording foundation there to begin with. And so I was like, well, I'll just keep having deep conversations with people, but now record them and put them out. And so the, yeah, that's the real reason for the podcast. It, it's sort of become like a, a way for me to accelerate the friendship process or get to talk to people who I find interesting and have an excuse to talk to them. And it's a way of me bypassing my introversion. <laughs> and so, <laughs> totally. yeah, it's, it, it makes it to where I can connect with people in a deeper way. And I hate small talk. So like I'm intentionally putting these deep questions in place so that we can have deep conversations with anyone. And hopefully over time, it encourages anyone anywhere who is listening to have deep conversations with whoever else is around them. So, yeah. And so with why I wanted you as a guest is because like in that short gap in the summer where we thought the pandemic was over and we thought we were going to like start doing shows and like getting way more involved in like the live thing again. Uh, I was like, cool, I'm going to just get all of the local musicians that I like and I'm interested in their music and, you know, start getting more local musicians on my podcast. And so you had shown up in, I think it was either a make Oklahoma weirder playlist or a, Oh gosh, a uh, circle Lotus playlist. And I was like, damn, this is really good. It was under a spell that had come up and I was like, wow, this is really good. And I like this a lot. And who the heck is this and why don't I know them? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> did, I guess one of the bigger things that stuck out to me about under a spell and really the rest of your music and I, I feel like this is just a, a difficult thing to, like, discover or explain. But, like, there are some local artists that sound like, quote unquote, real bands or real musicians. And it's like, you know, you could tell the difference whenever someone sounds like, oh, yeah, this is like a local band versus, whoa, this sounds like something people would listen to. <laughs> And that's that's what I felt whenever I heard Under a Spell is that like, oh, shit, this is real, like a real artist. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I would also like to think that it's real. But like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you reach that? I do. Point. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that I 
I think that you're just talking about really good mixing and you're talking about um, Chad Copeland and my guy that like co-produces and mixes all my stuff. Um, Cause he's a very like, yeah, he's like been doing it for years and is, has a very like high dollar studio and is a, you know, real shit producer. He can, I mean, he's got, he's definitely like, uh, not it's not like diy or whatever like i mean i think that's just the difference like you're talking about like work that comes out of a professional studio versus like home recordings and there's just like i I think you can like i don't know maybe not maybe like some of it's also just like having like bothering to to pay to have things mastered um that makes a huge difference um i think a lot of like local bands probably don't maybe don't bother to do that but I mean at this point I feel like they do at this point I think most of the local bands that I'm aware of which I'm not like super uh knowledgeable of all the local bands these days because there's like way more than I ever like realize um but they are like sounding yeah pretty real yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah and but at the same time it's like there's also like as much credit as you want to give to like everyone else. And this is sort of the, I I feel this all the time as well with my music is that like, Oh, well that's what you're hearing and what you enjoy is like a factor that I did not put into it because I'm incapable of receiving compliments of my own music. At least that's how I am. And so like the, but the truth of the matter is, is that like whenever something is mixed well, is that you're really just better presenting the content that is there. And so. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> the the songs themselves are good. And so when you make them sound good, it makes the real song already sound even more real. <laughs> yeah, totally. I get what you mean. I mean. I don't know though is I I think some of it is like it's I don't know man it's like I hear the songs and just make them sound that way but there it is like a process too of like you know tuning into that um it's like you know the inner wisdom or whatever it's like your voice and your intuition I think the more the longer you do that and develop a relationship with your like creativity um the more real it is um because it's you know you're not if, if you're not trying to make your shit sound like something else you're just trying to like you know you you have something to say uh I don't know I think I think personally that to me is what distinguishes the real because like I hear stuff on like the radio that I would say is not real. Like that song was not written by someone like um, being real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, That some of that stuff is written by song by people um, being very fake um, and phoning it in. And though it's probably fun to dance to or, you know, whatever. I I think most people are more drawn just inherently more, more, I think people are most drawn to songs that are written 
from a place of authenticity and and realness and i i think you know maybe that is what you're hearing is um because i i also relate to what you said about i mean that's that's definitely me you know it has always been me at the party is you know talking one person's ear off about buddhism in the kitchen or something and you know definitely the the bar philosopher um bar stool philosopher or whatever and i think it's just kind of part of my nature to be inquisitive and um and to and to then like you know want to share um my findings <laughs> and that's kind of for me what what music is is like i i i dig into my own subconscious material a lot and then surface with um with something i think is quite relatable um which is just the human experience and like i express it in words and 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 use music to emote the feelings to go along with the experience i don't think everyone's making music that way though <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it actually i i've you know maybe in the past like three or four years or something, I sort of saw that development happen in me in that the stuff that I was trying to make it, I I went from, I want this to sound real to just making something. And it's like, whenever you reach the point of like, oh, I made a song and it sounds like a real song. It's like, was I trying to make a real song? Was I trying to sound like something? And so I think for a long time, I was writing songs that I wanted to be taken seriously as real songs. (laughs) And so it's this weird kind of like, you know, looking at itself, trying to be like treated as legitimate, even though... I guess by that intent, it's not. <laughs> uh, but like, maybe, I don't know at what point I started noticing it, but it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about whether or not this is a real song. I need to just make a song and it will be real <laughs> because I made it. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's, I mean, it's it's like... And also it's like, to who, (laughs) you know, like to who is is this going to be real for? Like, I don't know, maybe, and I think different people, you know, the whole Enneagram or like, uh, I think the Enneagram is something that exposed me to the concept of like different people also totally make art for different reasons. And it's like 100% okay if like, you're making art for an audience like that's not a sin or anything you know like I don't I don't think that like the way I do it in this super like emotional whatever introspective way is like I mean it's honestly probably held me up from freaking getting a lot of shit done but like I don't think that's like any higher or better than anything else but I think that that maybe is like some of what you're talking about is just like yeah like if you just write something that's real to you it is 
that will be felt and you just have to like trust that that will be felt you know and it might not be felt by everyone like some people might not be on that level with you like some people might not get it but like you can't expect and if you want everyone to get it your shit's probably not going to be real to you but it might be real to like other people you know what i mean yeah that's actually something that i talk about a lot or like think about a lot as well is that the the skew between like wanting to be understood and i guess like effectively making something that people understand which are like two different things <laughs> and that like i don't know if the I don't know. There's a skill in music, right? That what we're doing in making it is we're communicating something to the listener. And I was actually talking to my brother about this, but like there's the part that we put in, which is just like all of the recording, all of the melody and chords and harmony and everything that we put into it that has a skill but also the creativity in just putting words together and deciding what melodies to use. And then there's the listener, which is like going to interpret it however the hell they want to, regardless of the amount of time and effort we put to be understood. <laughs> totally. So I don't know, like, and then, and then comes like, the ego to stomp all over the party, which is like, is like, am I worth being understood? And if someone is not understanding what I'm doing, is it my fault as a communicator or as a unskilled musician? Or is it them that just can't understand the message? <laughs> Dude, so I really appreciate what you're saying right now. I also would challenge that idea of being understood with, and maybe that's what you're, I'm like, I'm kind of just thinking this thought for the first time when you say like, my music is real or whatever. And what if it's like, what if it's just the moment you stop needing to be understood and you simply sing, write, whatever about what you understand as you understand it, how you understand it to be. And that is what makes it real. Instead of thinking you're going to ever get anyone else to understand it, you just speak truth. You know what I mean? Like, 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 right. Like they always say, like, write what you know. And so I write what I know about you know what I've experienced or what I've learned or whatever and what people end up getting out of it is likely not like my experience like I've had a conversation with a friend before who was like heard a lyric and he was like so did you mean like kind of like got a meaning out of something I was like oh no that's not at all how I wrote it but I love that that's the meaning you garnered from it or like that's not what it was about for me, but I absolutely love that that's what it's about for you because maybe now that can be about that for me when I need it to be about that. And I think truth, you know, like truth 
never really needs an explanation. I think when people hear things, something that is just true, um, they just, they hear it and they hear it how they need to hear it. But like, you know, I'm not going to like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not, I'm not teaching anyone anything in my songs. I'm just expressing what I've, what I brought up from the depths and hopefully someone else relates to my voyage <laughs> and ideally just that it, it's useful to someone else for whatever reason, but it might not be for the reason that I, I think it is, you know, it's likely not actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because then, because even one of the first things that you just said is like, if you stop trying to be understood and just speak truth, but it's kind of funny because like, then why are you making it? <laughs> like, why are you putting your truth out there if you don't want it to be understood? Well, I mean, I think that's different for lots of people. Like, it's, I, I mean, personally, I don't, I don't need anyone to get it but it's really rewarding when they do. But I, if I needed people to get it, it would be frustrating all the time when they don't. And instead they get something else and that's even better. It's like, I don't, I don't know. For me, it's because, um, for me, I don't have to, but I choose to because I can. And, and I've experienced people saying like they've benefited from my bothering to do that so I continue to do it and because it's really gratifying to connect with people so like yeah I don't know it's an interesting blend of like not trying to be understood but inherently feeling understood whether or not you are because you're speaking the truth you're speaking your truth yeah <laughs> well it's it's funny because like, yeah, as even as I was asking the question and even more so as you answered it, it, it is like it's not even so much that you or that I want to be necessarily like understood 100 percent, because like while that would be nice, it's also just nice that someone is getting anything from what I'm putting out and that <laughs> like and and sometimes i i will intentionally put things in songs that can be or would be misinterpreted or understood in a bunch of different ways even if i have like a specific thing in mind as i'm saying this thing in a song i will write it in such a way that is intentionally vague or intentionally misleading because i want to see if people will find the different trajectories that they could be led yeah in yeah <laughs> do you do that <laughs> um yeah i don't i sometimes i definitely do choose to remain very ambiguous about certain things sometimes i will say most of the times that like i'm talking about like or a friend will think some things about something i'm like oh no but that's cool i didn't is like I often don't am unaware of the ambiguity um when I'm writing it and it 
shows up and I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't necessarily even hear the ambiguity in that. And then someone else found room for their own interpretation. And that's like, I think that's just what art is. It's like, you know, the consumer of it is is the meaning maker ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> the and this is something like again I was talking to my brother about this the other day but like the I think it's something about like the the signal to noise ratio is a is a concept that I've thought about quite a bit which is like what we are putting out there is an intent there is a message in some way and what other people put in our words or in our music is sort of their own noise. Like they're still receiving a signal, but there's like a, the noise that everyone has that whenever they're hearing it, they're sort of putting onto it that change how the changes, how they hear it, you know? Wow. Never heard of this (laughs) signal to noise ratio. Yeah. So and this is like very um, like scientific or even like technology wise, but like signal to noise ratio is even just like in, in radio or even just how we're communicating right now, like that there can be a lot of noise inherent and everything has noise within it no matter what. So like anything that you turn up the volume is going to have some noise in it. And so that ratio between... Yeah, well, and I'm thinking of like an amp that's buzzing or something. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes we like that noise. We we turn that stuff up and it's like, yeah, give me more noise. And, you know, we even just crank it up so much that it's more noise than it is even the signal. And all we need from the signal is to just start the noise going. <laughs> which I I definitely enjoy just using like feedback loops to create something new. And that's, that's just noise to noise ratio. (laughs) Totally. Uh, But like it, it still applies in, in how we're communicating. And, and actually this idea came up in a conversation about like psychedelics or even what you were talking about in the last podcast about, like becoming closer to the all and that we are constantly searching for, like you said, but everyone is kind of receiving a different message. And so, yeah, sometimes the message is like, Hey, we're all one thing together. But then sometimes people add the noise, which is like, God told me to murder this person. <laughs> totally. Like only on this continent <laughs> are we all one or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Right, yeah. And well, yeah, I mean interesting. And it, and it changes based on like who who the listener is and and the noise that they're getting out of it, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I feel like I've been talking too much. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I was Wanting to ask, I'm curious to ask you, um, what your, like, yeah, what your kind of spiritual beliefs 
and tail. Yeah. So uh, apologies to the listeners that have heard me answer this a few times, but like, hey, you know, it happens and uh, we're having a conversation here. So <laughs> the it is something that has changed a lot over time. And actually on this podcast, uh, every hundred episodes, I will have myself be interviewed so that I can kind of give myself an update as to like, what do I believe now? <laughs> but uh, the, the foundation was in like Roman Catholicism a long time ago. Uh, and I fell out of religion kind of around the time that I even started this podcast. And so I fell into like hard atheism and it, you know, kind of informed that, uh, my like anger informed that spiritual view, which was like, there's no God, there's no supernatural, there's no anything. And so over time, like that pendulum has kind of swung back into like, I don't really know. I don't think there's a God is as far as like, you know, it's, which is why it's important to kind of define our own def definition of God. And so if we go like beard man in the sky, probably not, most likely not. But the thing that the any sort of anything that connects us to each other into the everything that is around us and that we are feeling all the time and that every everyone is affected by you know then we are god you are god i am god but yeah i mean it i'm still kind of grounded in like a lot of science but there's lots of stuff that I don't know and lots of stuff that I don't claim to know. But, you know, there's still that like angry atheist in the back of my mind that's like, eh, that's dumb or that's not real. But <laughs> I also have to concede whenever I really don't know and that science doesn't have the answer either. And, and that's okay. We don't have to have all the answers. We're not going to get all the answers. And that's cool too. Cool. Me trying to transition to <laughs> more of a conversation. But like, I guess, how has that signal from the all sort of changed in how you have changed over time? In that like, again, kind of the way that I would have received the message when I was Catholic was way different than when I'm receiving it now, you know? So I guess, how do you connect like how do I talk to, it? to my God? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. It's definitely changed. Um, and I, you know, I was raised uh, in a Christian frame as well. And I actually went to Catholic high school um, but you know, my, my communication, like I, I, I will call myself agnostic in the truest sense of simply not knowing, um, 
you know, I don't know if this is a deity I'm dealing with. I don't know if this is simply like electricity type shit. Um, but my my communications with it, I think for me, that's where like tarot comes into play. Um, tarot and and add to that, like just kind of synchronicity and um, and uh, like, you know, I believe in the power of words, the vibrations, spells, prayers, call it whatever you want. Um, but that is how I relate to it now is, um, is a, it, you know, it's a pretty constant contact um, and probably makes me look somewhat insane at times because I tend to like just talk talk to it um talk to the energies that are out there that I'm experiencing um yeah it's it's like it helps I don't know it's I think it's a bit just like talking to yourself like I don't um but in the same way that you know like words have power um and and even more so like the idea of like the collective consciousness and where two or more are gathered. I think there's a lot of, um, mm, I don't know. So I don't think science is quite caught up, but it almost has, I think, as far as like the idea of like the infinitely small yet so small that it is all encompassing and literally everywhere, like form of energy or mat, you know, like, I don't know. String theory. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess. I don't even know really what that is, but it sounds like it's probably <laughs> what we're talking about. But yeah, it's like, I think like back in the day, it used to be like uh, everything was in the spiritual realm. Everything was the spiritual realm and they distrusted science. And now everything's in the scientific material realm and they distrust faith or whatever, but it's like, they're really not mutually exclusive. And it seems like the things, you know, like monks living in caves, meditating, like visualize and knew of the atom before the microscope was even invented. And like, I just think that uh, we think we can know everything and that's just not real. <laughs> yeah. But but it is interesting in that, like, I like what you said about, like, science keeps getting closer. And, and I do think that the more, like, for example, as I got further into, like, more scientific understanding, the more it in, informed my spiritual understanding. And that, like, when you realize that we are all made from stardust and that like the explosions of everything from a time gone by is what makes us all be able to exist now like that is you can just look at that from a purely like materialist standpoint in that like yeah literally the atoms that we're made up of are just like the same shit but also 
<laughs> and and that's why like what you said about like words being important it's like we are all still made of the same thing and what meaning we take out of that is really significant because of how it can inform our connection to each other and so the like i don't know i i think that we as complex beings with neurons in our heads are picking up way more than we know we are and that we can at this moment sort of classify and quantify but like you know whatever sort of thing of like even just the example of like ESP or something that like I can't question the fact that like you know, people have stories of being thousands of miles away from a loved one and knowing when they died. And I can't question their experience because it really was their own experience. But like science isn't going to give an answer for that. And science, like science minded people will look at that experience and attempt to delegitimize it. Whereas instead it's like, well, just acknowledge that it happened and there's something that we don't yet understand here. But there's a connection here. And instead of trying to push it away, we should instead try to understand it. And like there's there's a whole bunch of like folk remedies, for example, of like, oh, uh, if you take a potato and like rub it on a wart and then bury that potato for a week, then the wart will go away. And like it's a weird ritual thing that like some cultures have, but it works. And why does it work? And why are we not <laughs> researching these things? Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, big, big pharma can't sell that. But like, yeah, so and I've done tarot sometimes and uh, yeah, I do have to like tell my science brain to let go <laughs> and just let it be exactly what it is, which is a message that applies to me somehow. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, just like letting go, I think. I think I said it earlier about just like um, the idea of like you know if, I mean like this is kind of I will quote the Bible seek and you will find it's like what you're looking for you'll find um, like if you you want to see God in something you will and you know if you want to make meaning I mean, that it comes like I know so little, but it comes down to like I my life is dramatically better when I allow it to have meaning that is bigger than me. And when I am not like I am definitely a part of the collective consciousness and like, you know, I am I, I have like that fundamental idea of god deep down within me but i myself am not god and that makes my life 
more meaningful. Um, like, you know, I am not God without, I don't know, like if you're going to say I'm God there, you have to include like, and so are you. And so is everyone else. And so, you know what I mean? Like, cause that gets hairy. But <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah well and that's why it's dangerous <laughs> yeah and that's why i put that on there as well as like yeah i am god and you are god and everyone is god because we're all a part of this thing but like yeah the once the lines start getting drawn then then you're gonna keep drawing lines and so like oh i'm god and you're not and so therefore <laughs> all these other extreme things <laughs> Also, what you're talking about with like having meaning for things, it I feel like it can also lead to scary stuff as well if used or if the noise is received instead of the signal, which is like, I don't know, is how you get Ooh. like conspiracy theories and uh, people justifying terrible things for uh, their own ends and like the importance of narrative <laughs> in that like people feel justified in doing their things when the story makes sense and so one thing that I I kind of felt you touch on whenever I asked like do you believe humans are evil by nature is that like no one is evil because everyone's like trying their best but like if the story that you tell yourself is that this other person is bad and i am good then you know like all of all of the bad things that we have committed have been in some ways justified by our intention to like thwart the evil or something <laughs> right yeah do you see a way through that? Like, how do we, yeah, I guess. And that is kind of a purpose for like the, how do we reduce the division question as well? But like, I guess, how did you get to the point to where you can't see the binary of evil or good? <laughs> well, I mean, for me personally, um, a lot of self um, a lot of like freaking self-analysis like I am personally I have like dealt with drug and alcohol addiction and um, have done a lot of work that kind of put me in a place to acknowledge my own darkness and I think well, I know for me, that was like, I mean, that was like the the thing, like, you know, when it, I realized like, I'm, I don't know, like taking responsibility for my own darkness, I guess it's like, you know, I think in the new age world, they call it like shadow work. And it's like, it's like looking at your own shadow, looking at why you do the fucked up shit you do. And like, you know, like, cause we all have stuff and some of them, you, know, you don't have to rob a bank to like be doing stuff wrong or to be stealing people's 
peace of mind or being dishonest in little ways. It's like just recognizing the various ways that we all pretty constantly hurt each other. I mean, I think it's Joseph Campbell that said, and like I sample it in a song. Sorry, I'm like building a shelf right now. But I sample it in a song on my first EP, this quote from Joseph Campbell, who's a Jungian scholar, and he says, um, you know, life, in order to be life, life has to kill and eat other life. And, you know, I'm, I don't eat meat, but like the idea being even on a cellular level, like life is violent and people are constantly, you know, using other people to be to, for their own well-being and whatever and just like acknowledging that in oneself I think allows you know but and not focusing on that either it's like I don't think I'm a horrible person because I've you know not like done the right thing all the time like I just know that I've made mistakes just like the next person and and that ultimately like um I don't know that it just puts me in a place that's like less inclined to judge others when I've really like taken an honest look at myself, you know, and again, I don't do it perfectly. Um, It's still very easy to judge people who are outright acting a fool and, you know, trying to like play God in the world. But that for me is, is how I get there is like acknowledging my own, darkness because I also know that I have a lot of light and love and um so if I can have both like surely anyone else can yeah one question that I normally ask but I was like trying to manage the time uh is what is free will and so this is becoming relevant now so I will ask it now uh what is free will in your view? I guess it's just simply like, I don't know. I mean, I I guess it's like my consciousness. It's like having a conscious mind that can uh, decide what to focus on and stuff. I haven't really thought about that that much. And that's okay too. Not everyone, like not everyone asks people this question all the time so not everyone thinks about it so <laughs> yeah for sure well you know and like in the I know in the just having gone to Catholic high school and stuff it's like you know immediately you think about fate versus free will I guess or like sin the idea of choosing to sin or something and like but yeah I mean I would say free will is like a choice is the choice of in any given moment um it's like the choices that i have and and which choice i'm gonna make but it's interesting because you know i guess i think about it as like what human beings have on on the ego like it's whatever it's what the conscious mind adds to the ego because like the ego like drives me to survive and succeed and like excel to eat to consume to like live survive um and then like my conscious mind 
is what keeps me from like, you know, um, like maybe the ego is what is what makes me want to, I'm just going to say like, you know, make money. But then free will and my conscious mind, free will, like I would say free will used, um, I don't mean this right or wrong, but like free will used rightly, like as in like to check the ego is what keeps me from like being a slave to money and just, you know, make like selling my body for money or selling my family for money or, you know, or just like selling all of my time and basically selling my family because I never see them because all I want to do is work, 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 work and like only make money. And that's all I care about. Like my conscious mind and my free will gives me the choice over that. I also gives me the choice to give in to that. But it also is what gives me the choice to not, you know, or to like eat yourself into oblivion or drink yourself into oblivion or any of those things. So an interesting thing that I don't know, it I feel like you reached the like there is no pure evil or pure good in people like I feel like you reach that conclusion in a different pathway because the way that I found it is like through like I don't believe in free will and we are the result of our genes and our environment and so the it has allowed me this extreme form of empathy which is like this person like everything in their life has come to this moment or mm. these moments. And it's not their fault that they're being hateful right now. It's not their fault that they're having road rage right now because like, yeah, it's understandable. I'm, I'm another human being as well. And I can see how you would get to that point. Even just from like, oh, I'm late to work and I'm mad or like I was raised in a household that like thinks brown people are inferior or something like so. <laughs> and like I right. for myself, like I can't blame someone for their environment because they didn't do that either. They didn't choose to like be raised that way either. And so while it's not – I'm not excusing it either, <laughs> but it's like I think that with enough conversation or enough exposure or something, we're all human beings and we can all be sort of talked into or out of a position because we got there somehow as well. <laughs> and so like – Everyone's just trying their best. And yeah, like the the stories that we tell ourselves are kind of what informs that. And the lies that we tell ourselves are what allows us to stretch the boundaries of what we ourselves find to be moral. That was a hell of a sentence. So like I did I just like realized the words that just came out of my mouth. But yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, it's interesting. I definitely like believe that like with no effort or energy on the individual part, they are like a product of their environment and such things. But I guess that is where I think that like we are ultimately a product of our choices and how we react to that environment. Yeah. And, and that's where like mindfulness is really important <laughs> so that we can understand how we are reacting instead of just reacting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, acknowledging the emotions that are arising in oneself. And I think that was also another epiphany actually was meditation that kind of allowed me to let go of the idea of free will is because uh, like I could see ideas arising out of my control. Like when you meditate, you don't choose to have something appear in your consciousness. It just happens. And you choose to try and like refocus on your breath if that's the kind of meditation that you're doing. Aren't you choosing to meditate? But did you choose to have the concept of meditation come to you in the first place? <laughs> like what meditation is? Right. But like even just what you're feeling in the moment of like even having a desire to meditate in that moment. Because there's definitely times when attempting to meditate that it's like I... I can't right now. <laughs> and so that's the, you know, you're trying to find the, the looker or the thinker of the thoughts, right? <laughs> and so it's, it's a weird thing because, yeah, like it, it's almost paradoxical because the are you really choosing? And I think that, yeah, like the more science discovers about the mind and just how neurons fire as a result of things it is sort of like did you really choose to react a certain way or yeah like are the emotions that we feel in any way different from the hunger that we also feel Mm. yeah that's interesting to think about but but like i don't know and so (laughs) the yeah, I like that thought process though. Well, and I mean, like, think what, so what do you, what is the definition of like free will that you're using to say there is none? That it's an illusion in that while we are choosing things in each moment, those are the things that we would have chosen anyways, because everything else kind of compounded to that happening. And when it seems like we're sort of being contrarian, we might be able to look back and find the source of that as well. Give me an example of that in particular. <laughs> um, I don't know that like, yeah, for let's say the example of like substance abuse that in like some people keep chasing the spiral and then at some point the like a way out is sought after and what makes that one choice different 
than all the other times that one didn't. But it's because all of those other times were compounding to more pain or whatever. And that, you know, finally the the pain of the decisions before added up to not wanting it anymore. Right. It's like still the evolutionary survival thing that any animal would do. Is that kind of like, because like when I think of free will, I think of it being as like, you know, if we have it, the animals don't have it. That's why we're out here doing this. They're (laughs) just kind of like, you know, they always fly south and they don't even have a choice, you know, or like, do they, or do they? Yeah. Do they think they have a choice? You know what I mean? (laughs) Cause that, I mean, what you're saying right, right there totally makes sense. Right. Like it's, it's the same hubris to think that like, oh, that's what separates us from animals is that like we have the freedom to choose, but like, you really think we're not animals? <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I do think that's why I think it's interesting to, I hadn't really thought about free will the way you're talking about it. And I am appreciating the discussion because I, I also totally just in my own experience with addiction and recovery, um buy into that like you know and you're not done till you're done and you're not done until generally you've like gone to hell and back however many times you can stand and you know at some point the misery is like too much to bear and it is an inevitable it feels the like there is in a sense it's like you feel like you finally gain a choice when you get there of being like i have to get sober i have but but that part doesn't the the choice does just feel like you respond to the requirement like you take action you do things differently but it also very much doesn't feel like you have any other choice or you wouldn't do the things required of an individual to really recover from an addiction like you'd be lazy you know (laughs) like you'd stop as soon as you just like I don't know it's interesting to think about it that way because it's like you do have to hit you hit a bottom and then only only when you're there it's like it's not like an easy thing but it is if you are at if you're truly at a bottom it isn't a choice like the choice is death or you know choices live or die yeah (laughs) yeah so that is like an evolutionary instinct or something but and and it can almost seem disempowering in a way of like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like if this isn't the bottom, then I'll just like keep going. But at the same time, it's like, how are you, how are we to know that this is the bottom or not? And that like in a way, <laughs> you also have the choice to determine if this is or isn't the bottom. So it's like it's it's another kind of weird paradox that is like it's not that you're not choosing because you are right but you can also in a way determine that this was your 
bottom or that this was the only choice and that we have the power to change that as well. And so it can almost be extremely empowering <laughs> right? in that, like, this is the only way out of this. Yeah, well, that's so interesting. Penny, thank you so much for doing this with me. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. It's really, I definitely love this type of, of banter, so I appreciate it as well. I almost built this microwave table. <laughs> <laughs> And you kept me engaged, so I didn't give up with to give up on it. <laughs> uh, well, then I will let you finish your microwave table. But after you let people know once again where they can find you and your things. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you can listen to Labrys, L-A-B-R-Y-S on Spotify or iTunes or any of the streamers. And you can purchase the music at labrys.bandcamp.com and I am also on Instagram um, which automatically posts to a Facebook page that I think is still up um, and that's I am Labrys awesome well once again thank you so much I'm a fan of your music and I look forward to seeing hearing everything that you do in the future so i'm glad we connected and um so yeah uh, i'm santiago ramones and you are penny pitchman thank you so much thank you and now here's under a spell by labris Showed up in the middle of the night, the moon
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. I have an EP, a short album, that is streaming everywhere right now. It's called Soundbites. The music you're hearing right now is from Soundbites. Listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you stream music, or buy it on Bandcamp, because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day, for a year. I'm also working on another album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Santiago Ramones. Follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. There's also a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. Go to SantiagoRamones.com slash Discord to join. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews by saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you, and I am so very grateful to continue doing BitDepth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.